Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. So Roland, uh, you're a fan of this show, The Blacklist. Yes. Um, I, I've never seen the show before, but I received a I received a text from you over the weekend. That's uh, right. That the latest episode was very interesting, and that I should check it out and watch it. Yeah, it was so important. I intruded on your work life balance. Uh, <laughs> that's right. It threw the whole weekend into disarray. Yeah, yeah. No, I probably just resumed playing a computer game when I saw that text. I was like, yeah, whatever. Just another text from my boss. Anyway, uh, yeah. So. I did end up watching this episode of The Blacklist. Yeah. It aired, I believe, on Friday. Mm-hmm. So we're recording this on a Tuesday, so it's still yeah. fresh. This yeah. episode aired four days ago. Um, and it was an episode about a, a a woman who had been kidnapping pro-life men. Yes. Specifically, you know, men who were sort of advocating in the public square for either pro-life laws or a pro-life perspective, kidnapping them. Um, implanting a uterus, ha- having a, a team of surgeons who were kind of on board with her on this th- on this scheme, uh, knocking them out, implanting a uterus in them, and then actually impregnating them with a human embryo. Right. Um, and then giving them a regimen of drugs to take to ensure the embryo's survival and kind of seeing whether or not these guys follow through with their pro-life convictions and yeah. actually give birth to these babies right. that they, that have been involuntarily implanted in them. Yes. So that that was the premise of the show. Yes. <laughs> very, o- only on only on TV. Only on TV. Very 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 interesting. And so, you know, in in I think our general observation about it was that in the show's attempt to sort of make a pro-choice argument, um, they actually ended up making many uh, pro 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 pro-life arguments. Yeah. In the they actually did. Um, and we found that we find that actually happens quite a bit. That the truth always seems to kind of find a way of sneaking out, even when People that don't want to see the truth are trying to suppress it. Yeah. Um, and so we found that was the case in this particular episode. So there's a, there was a number of things that we can actually talk about there. So where, where do you want to start? Well, it's more of a little setup yeah. is that, that the woman who uh, who is doing the kidnapping, mm-hmm. she was actually – she was a medical person or doctor right, or something. Right. And she was raped um, right. while she was in a residency program or something like that. And yeah, so one, five or six years previous. Previous to that, raped. exactly. Yeah. Wanted to have an abortion. Right. But uh, the, I guess the laws in the state that she yes, was in would yes. not allow her to do that. Right. So she gave birth uh, to the child, a daughter, right. uh, who right. they actually uh, show in the in, in the episode as well. So right. yeah. uh, in her her anger uh, related to that, um, she really wants to take it out on, from her standpoint, men who support pro-life uh, laws, but also on the rapist himself, who she also kidnapped. That's right. She locked him, him up. Yeah. Locked, locked him up. Locked up in her basement yes. for, and, I guess, years. Yes, yeah. for years. And she's actually using his sperm. That's in order right. to preg- in order to impregnate these pro-life men. That's right. right so right, what right. she's trying to do and what she says she's trying to do is she's basically trying to rape these men. Yes. Yes. Uh, the way that she was raped. Right. Uh, essentially. And see if they're willing to carry this child to term that was the product of them being raped. Yeah. E- exactly. So that's the whole setup yeah. trying to make yes. a pro-choice uh, argument uh, in, 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 in this particular space. Yeah. 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 So one of the, one of the first issues that really just kind of jumped out at me um, was when sort of in a very sort of plain way, the um, one of the police officers, I suppose, or the FBI agents, I don't even know. Again, I don't really know the show. Right. Uh, 
uh, says that uh, the woman in question is targeting men who advocate for government control of women's bodies. Yeah. So basically the pro-life position was was boiled down and presented as government control of women's bodies. Yeah. And so I just thought that it was a really interesting and obviously biased way of presenting the pro-life case. Um, because, what, you know, what you and I kind of ended up talking about with that is that really every law is actually about government control. Yes. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so speeding laws are about government control of my driving, which is done by your body. R- right. Exactly. So they're most of the my time body and, and its ability to right. drive my car, whatever speed I want. So the government is controlling my driving. Yes. And my body. Yeah. Doing the driving, you know, laws against bank robbery are, you know, government control of. Of, of your body. Of, right. your, 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 and frankly, they're about government control of people's finances. Right? Yes. So if you're against bank robbery, you're yeah. in favor, actually, of government control of your exactly. finances. You yeah. want the government actually controlling your finances in such a way that they don't allow people to steal it. Right. Exactly. So our whole thing was that government control in and of itself doesn't make something bad or it doesn't it, make a law bad because all laws are about government yeah. control. So it's really what's the principle behind the law. Yeah. Right? And, and there is an overarching principle behind laws in general that mm-hmm. we find. And really, the laws tend to be focused on trying to protect the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's what tends to happen. So, for right. example, laws around banking. Well, they want to protect you as a vulnerable depositor mm-hmm. from someone coming in and stealing your money. Mm-hmm. Laws about running over people in intersections, mm-hmm. <laughs> even, right, if right. The, even if the light is green, yeah. are p- about protecting that vulnerable person. So right. just because the, a, a law uh, controls our body, so to speak, it's not inherently evil right, right, uh, or, right, right, or right, right, inherently right. good for that matter. Right. It, it really is to is to what end. Yeah. And that yeah. so I think that that even setting it up that way is is problematic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost a signal for from their perspective. But when you really walk through that and think through it logically, it's not even a good setup yeah. in terms of talking about the issue. And, yeah. and the other thing, you know, I always, you know, like to kind of frame because, you know, when you're talking about situations and, and the, uh, the situation in this case was, you know, rape, um, that's, you know, one of the more challenging um, sort of pro-life perspectives mm-hmm. uh, that you have. And, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, and and there are some who would say, "Well, gosh, if a child is conceived in rape, then you know they're all automatically eligible for being aborted." This mm-hmm. notion that mm-hmm. um, the the way that you were conceived, how you were conceived, mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the the circumstances of your birth determine your worth as a human, right? Right, right, right. right. Which you start to walk through that is is that really what we really mm-hmm. want to have a perspective that says mm-hmm. how you were born, whether you were conceived in love or lust, determines your value as a human being. And I think as a society, we actually rejected that notion. Right. It's Absolutely. one of the reasons why we don't call children who are born out of wedlock, you know, illegitimate or bastards or those yeah. words that we used to use. Right. And no matter what they did in life, people would point back, with, yes, but you were born out of wedlock. So you were, quote, illegitimate. In other words, the mm-hmm. circumstances of your birth determine your worth. Right. So if you have a perspective that automatically says mm-hmm. that a child who was conceived, you know, um, in lust or in, in this particular case in, in a rape situation is automatically more eligible for abortion than one mm-hmm. who's not conceived that way, you're actually hearkening back to a perspective that we actually rejected and, and rightly so yeah. Yeah, in terms yeah. of how we think about humans. Yeah. But I always like to say, say on the front end that, you know, when, when we're talking about rape, rape, you know, some would respond, well, you know. Um, from a pro-life perspective, well, less than 1% of, of, of abortions are as a result of rape. Mm-hmm. And I understand that from a, a statistical perspective. But 
for the woman that it happens to, it's a hundred percent for her. Right. And I, you know, I have yeah. a wife, I have right. nieces. I mean, you do yeah. your mothers. I mean, yeah. pe- women that we love. Right. And so from my standpoint, you have to have the utmost of compassion yeah. for someone who goes through that very, very difficult situation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I really think that that's critically important mm-hmm. uh, that we, that we acknowledge it and understand that, that, that the, the, the kind of situation that, they're dealing with in in the in the episode is a very very difficult one and the one where we have to have an utmost level of compassion you know for the woman who yeah. who was involved in that right, and right. and an utmost disdain for you know what's happened yeah. but you know you have to like think to yourself well, what is it about rape mm-hmm. that we find so objectionable like why do we find this so heinous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like what is it yeah. and when you drill down to kind of like what's happening mm-hmm. is basically someone is using their power, a guy's using his power against someone who's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. So the woman yes. is vulnerable, and here's a powerful guy using his power mm-hmm. yeah. against this vulnerable right. woman right. to violate her. And, to violate yeah. her in a, in her moment of vulner in a, right. her moment of vulnerability. Yes. that's really the issue. Mm-hmm. And so, but so when you think about it that way, frankly, when you talk about abortion, it's essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a person using their power. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Towards someone who's more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's really kind of what we hear when we talk right. about kind of yeah. the yeah. the abortion debate. You know, the, yeah. the notion of my body, my choice is a power statement. Yes. You know, this whole issue is kind of framed uh, from pro-choice people as a empowerment issue. Yes. So right. really, you have a power dynamic that's mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. a powerful person using their power against someone who is less powerful. Mm-hmm. In other words, more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why you reject abortion mm-hmm. Honestly, it's the same reason why you should reject rape. rape right? That exactly. you reject them for this for the same. And for that's the same. actually why many women who are raped and and become yes. pregnant as a result of that actually do keep their children. Yes, because they recognize that it's it's the situation is similar. They don't. They essentially don't want to create another victim. Right. Exactly. Because they they were violated and taken advantage of, and now they're in a position to either you know give birth to their child or yes. end its life. Right. And they recognize, wait, if I don't want to if I don't want to be like the rapist. Exactly. What I actually do is give birth to this child. Exactly. And they exactly. They don't use their power. Yeah. Right. To sacrifice the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They sacrifice themselves for the vulnerable. Right, 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 and, right. and when you talk to women who've been raped and we've we've done that in terms of the work that we do, who have brought their children into the world. Mm-hmm. That's exactly kind of the perspective that they have. They will not allow themselves to make a moral allow themselves to be made into a moral equivalency with. Mm-hmm. The rapist, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> they see yes. the moral equivalency between them and the child growing inside of them, right, right, and that's right. one of the real problems with this episode. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. essentially, what they're doing is they're making the woman a rapist. Right. That's what they're doing. That's right. In order to make a point, in other words, they're making a moral equivalency argument between the woman who's been raped mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the rapist. Right. And in fact, at the end of the episode, one of the guys who decides that he doesn't want to bring his child into the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, I guess it was a politician or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually says, "I was raped." Right. And the woman who's doing this is saying she is raping. Right. 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 So yeah. she. So yes. if you think about it, mm-hmm. the and I think that's really problematic to try to position the argument by making women mm-hmm. have a moral equivalency with a rapist mm-hmm. when when reality is women increasingly and certainly understand this notion of the vulnerability something happened that they had no control over right right right, 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 right. and instead of responding in the way that the rapist responds yeah i, it, I, I think yeah and, and the, yeah. Sh- the show was in sort of a, a, a difficult position in a certain sense yeah. because 
they they obviously had to make the woman that was doing these things the bad guy, right? Because the right. whole point of the show is that they're they're finding bad guys, right? Right. Right. And so, but they also wanted to have a quote unquote bad guy that was making a pro-choice case. <laughs> right. Right. So how do you do that? You yes. turn her into a rapist. Exactly. Right? And but but then we're double minded yeah. because they also need you to see her as a as a victim. A victim, right. So mm-hmm. you need to see her as a perpetrator and a victim simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the ways that they try to get her to, to be viewed as a victim mm-hmm. is towards the end of the episode mm-hmm. when she thinks she's about to get caught. Her daughter, who she loves desperately, mm-hmm. right? She hugs her and she's, you know, mm-hmm. kind of telling her, honey, I've always loved you because she's going to now, the daughter's now going to live with her grandparents because she knows she's going to get caught. Mm-hmm. I've always loved you. I've always loved you. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. And so the thought is, well, she's always loved her daughter from what point? Right. Was it from birth or was it really from conception? My senses probably was from conception, certainly. She's always loved her daughter. So in other words, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she does the honorable, she does this amazingly noble thing by bringing the child. She realizes after the child is born Mm -hmm. the the blessing that the the child is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the perspective when you kind of automatically knee-jerk and say that a child who's conceived in rape Mm -hmm. automatically should be aborted, Mm -hmm. you're basically saying that there's no good that Mm -hmm. can come from the child. Mm -hmm. There is no good that can come from this child coming into the world. And in the very episode, the only good thing in her life Mm -hmm. was actually the child. And in fact, before she shoots the rapist, which is a whole other part of this. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. When she shoots it, she's saying she's actually doing it for her daughter. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's really a very... It is, it's very double-minded and co- contradictory. Contradictory, but, and that's why they make the pro-life point, because that's actually what we say. Right. We say that in this horrible, horrible, horrible circumstance, is there any good in this at all? Mm-hmm. And what is the good? And there's only one good that's there. Mm-hmm. It's this life, mm-hmm. this innocent life yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that can come into the... It's the only good that can come from this situation. Yeah. And and I think that's where the show sort of fails in yes. its attempt to make to make uh, the pro-choice case, you know, in a in a positive way to yes. you know to to have people sort of sympathize with the pro-choice position. They actually end up, as you said, making a pro-life argument. <laughs> exactly, which is that the only good thing that can possibly come from this is to allow that child to live. Yes. And and they actually present the child as being a balanced happy child that's actually going to be raised by its two married grandparents yes uh, she and she loves the child yeah. it's a wonderful child there's yeah. a scene when the when the detectives come to the door and you're like what an adorable little girl and yeah. the whole thing and it's just and she's just sweet as can be yeah mm-hmm. and 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 so you're locked into this perspective yeah. that you that that uh again the only good thing that that came that came out of this was really the perspective yeah. Of the child. Yeah. And that leads to another point that they were that she kind of says at the end. The woman says at the mm-hmm. end when she's sort of caught at that right, right. point. Right. Yeah. So she's she's two agents there pointing their guns at her. Right. She's pointing her gun at the rapist. And right. What happens? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she she's going to shoot the shoot, the rapist. shoot the rapist. She right. basically says she's shooting the rapist on behalf of, of, her, child. of her of her child. Right, right, right. And interestingly, the. Detectives or, or FBI agents allow her to shoot the rapist. I know, which is very right. odd, and w- which I think you you brilliantly sort of pointed out makes yet another pro life argument, yeah. which is that if if the the justification for allowing a woman to have an abortion when she's raped 
is that this argument that that child will forever remind her of the rapist. Right. And if there's anything in the world that's going to remind her of that rape, she should have the right to sort of eliminate it. Right. Right. So wouldn't the rapist actually remind her of the rape even more than the child? Absolutely. So if we actually agree with that logic, then we should actually let women kill their rapists. Absolutely. Because if you think about it, who's going to remind her more of the rape than the rapist? And here's the thing. Mm -hmm. The child certainly will remind the woman of the rapist. There's no question about that. And this is why I'm saying compassion around this issue is so critically important. Mm -hmm. But there's a good that comes from the child. Right. Because even though the child can remind her of of, of the rape, she also sees that goodness in the child that the child is innocent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's the only good thing out right. of this. The rapist, on the other hand, mm-hmm. has no goodness. Right. So our current structure now says you kill the only goodness mm-hmm. that could come out of this situation mm-hmm. and you let the badness of the situation, the thing that represents the most heinous aspect of the situation, mm-hmm. go free. Right. Because we, we obviously don't allow victims to murder they're a perpetrator. Well, we, we need to be considered murder. You, we don't allow them to kill rapists automatically. Right. We, 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 we should. put them in trial. The jury of their peers right. that has, is objective and has nothing to do with the either of the parties involved. Exactly. Because it has to be you know objective, dispassionate, that, that sort of thing in, in terms of the judgment there. And so we actually actively remove those folks from that situation and say, no, you can't kill that person. Exactly. And that goes back to the initial point in terms yeah. of where we started. Yeah. Why do we do that? Yeah. We do that because we're seeking justice. Yes. And we and when we seek justice, what do we do? We have a jury of peers. Mm-hmm. Not you can't decide what happens to a person who's done you wrong. Mm-hmm. We have a jury that does it because we're seeking justice. Mm-hmm. And why do we do that? Because we know that you're too close to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're so close to it, it would be incredibly difficult for you to be what? Objective. Right. And therefore, it'd be very difficult for you to be what? Just. Yes. And it's all and it's also that your same point, too, around. Uh, the powerful and the vulnerable. Once, once a criminal has been captured, yes. and is now facing the system, yes, our our the, our whole justice system is built upon the fact that now that person is actually the vulnerable one. Exactly, and the system is compared in power. to this compared to the state, right? And right. that's why the we state the system is now the powerful one. Exactly, and, and the captured, yes, the accused is. Is the vulnerable one. Yeah. Exactly, and yeah. that's what again laws are generally designed mm-hmm. to protect who. The vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So when a person, no matter what they've done, mm-hmm. is standing against the state, the mm-hmm. all-powerful state, mm-hmm. what do we do? Mm-hmm. We always trade in the interest of the more vulnerable because mm-hmm. we're seeking justice. Mm-hmm. And when you, and so when you think through that and you say, well, gosh, we don't allow a person who's been raped to make the decision about what happens to the rapist because we want justice. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're pro-life, pro-choice. Everyone understands that's the mm-hmm. construct. Mm-hmm. Well, couldn't the same logic and perspective mm-hmm. be going on with the child in the womb? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Who's close to that child? Right. The mother. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why the laws have stepped in historically and said, yes, mm-hmm. we know that in the circumstances here, you might not necessarily be objective in terms of what should happen here. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you get what I'm driving? Yeah, you get yeah. what I'm driving uh-huh. at? Yeah, and yeah. That's, the, that's the logic that has gone through this whole perspective mm-hmm. around historically the reason why abortion has not been something that we've allowed. All right. Exactly. Yep. 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 Right. Yeah. We've always we have all we always try our best as a culture and society to trade in the best interests of the vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's clear that in this dynamic, regardless of how the child came into the world, the circumstances of conception, we've historically always thought mm-hmm. 
that the child mm-hmm. is more vulnerable in that dynamic than the mother or the father, mm-hmm. right? right? And and the state, so to speak, mm-hmm. has traded in the best interest of the vulnerable, and there's a consistency there yeah, that absolutely. we that we have. Absolutely, yeah. And, and you know, and the pro-choice person would say, well, but you know, it's it's you know, it's about you're you're con- allowing the government to control that woman's body and her and her de- decision around that. But again, as we said at the start. Government control is not the issue. It's whether or not a law is protecting the vulnerable or not. Exactly. Because all laws are about government control, and we don't have a problem with most laws. We, exactly. Yeah. Particularly if they're rightly if they're rightly decided, and particularly we always have a bias. We tend to have a bias mm-hmm. for protecting the vulnerable. We do the best that we can to protect the vulnerable, and people get very upset, up in arms, when we see special privilege-type laws, like in the tax code or something like that, that are specifically written to protect a very specific yeah. powerful person. People get up in arms about those types of situations. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's it's an it's an interesting episode. And, you know, and, and again, the situation where there's a rape is the most difficult, mm-hmm. um, you know, pro-life situation that could be. And that's why, from my perspective, mm-hmm. I always kind of personalize it. I've got a wife. I've got, mm-hmm. you know, a, I've got that's sister. Right. I've got nieces. I've got women that I love yeah. desperately. And uh, I understand, frankly, how how difficult that could could be on someone. Mm-hmm. And so just using a statistic to kind of sort of explain it way in my view is never uh is never the way it should happen we should always be thinking because for that yeah. woman yeah. it's a hundred percent for her yeah. and so yeah. that's why you have to have a perspective that you're always starting from perspective of compassion hope and help mm-hmm. for her but also we also want to have compassion for the the child as well because mm-hmm. there's a moral equivalency between the woman who was raped who was vulnerable and the child inside the womb who is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And we want to trade in the best interest of protecting the vulnerable in most cases. In, in, excuse right. me, in all cases, we always want to uh, operate from a perspective where we protect That's the vulnerable. Right. For, for our, both our law and our culture, yes. we, want, we want to do that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, again, so this is, if you're interested in watching this, it's season seven, episode seven. Yeah. It's called Hannah Hayes. I suppose that's the name of the woman who was doing the kidnapping. And all She's that. on the blacklist. Yes, right, exactly. And so uh, we encourage you to actually watch the episode and send us feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts yeah. on on this very interesting, very interesting episode of a show that I've never actually watched before. So, <laughs> right. uh, so I just kept on thinking the, the main character there. Uh, I just kept on hearing Ultron from the Avengers movies, but yeah, <laughs> it's the same actor, so I couldn't help it. All right. Um, so great, great. All right. Well, thanks, Roland. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more pro-abundant life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.